3: Oh yeah, no Parisian bedbugs were harmed in the making of this episode. This is the Chat and Cheese Podcast Does Europe. I'm your co-host, Joel Infestation Cheeseman. Dad, flip dog, so wash.
1: I'm leaving teaching AI to the HR masses, Van (laughs) Ibenersen.
3: And on this episode, more job index drama, who'd you rather, and a tasty Marmite sandwich. Hey, (laughs) it's got to be better than surf strumming, right? Let's do this.
0: European, talent, intelligence. What does it mean? Imagine a world where it's easier for you to find and know your target group. Where it's easier to recruit and attract the talent you need from a European talent pool. Every year, thousands of corporate recruiters, HR departments and intermediaries rely on intelligence group to make that dream a reality. Intelligence Group is the European market leader in recruitment talent intelligence. With innovative dashboards and tailor-made research in 28 European countries, it is our job to empower you as a state-of-the-art, data-driven recruitment business partner. Recruiting with data is great. Recruiting with Intelligence Group is better. Learn more about our services at intelligence-group.nl. Intelligence Group, market leader in European talent intelligence.
2: Anything's better than Sir Strumming. <laughs> oh God.
3: <laughs> Everyone deserves their best job. That's what Fiji stands for. We make a big
1: difference for independent recruiters with the strength of our fast growing recruiter network.
3: At Fiji, you can be your best self and work for the company you'd like whenever and wherever. We support you with the best digital and online recruitment marketing. We offer professional business development support, recruitment specialist training, and a bit of rebellious network meetings. Let's join strengths and help more professionals find the job they love. Celebrate recruitment and join Fiji
1: at fygi.nl.
3: <laughs> oh, bedbugs and Surstroming, We just lost about 80% of the listeners. Oh, yeah. <laughs> By the way, YouTube Sir Strumming. If you don't know what it is, Ugh. it's worth, it's worth yeah. it. It is. It, it's worth the laugh, right? In the the uh, the, the gag reflexes that everybody mm-hmm. has. Anyway, anyway. All, all the videos are like they take someone from another country and they feed them stuff from other countries, yes. and then they get their take on it. Even yeah. or if it's like you know Irish taste bourbon for the first time, yeah. and then they give their take on yeah. you know bourbon as opposed to Jameson. <laughs> yeah. Always entertaining. Always. Always entertaining. Always entertaining. So the the world noted a new war uh, since we last spoke. Uh, mm-hmm. it, will, it will be advanced a little bit when people hear this. But over the weekend when watching the news, I think everybody, uh, Israel declared war on Hamas. Uh, now we have a 20 year war veteran or not war, but army veteran on the show. And we have mm-hmm. a European on the show, uh, most of which Americans don't have access to. So I'm just curious. Any thoughts on uh, the impending conflict in the Middle East with Israel and Hamas making noise? Did you feel anything
2: this this weekend at all leaving?
1: I think the biggest impact will be the way people look at the conflict between Mm. Israel and Palestina. I know America is very supportive to Israel, but in Europe, people kind of felt sorry for those poor Palestinian people in Gaza, Mm. and they – Many people thought Israel was uh, being very harsh on them, and, and mm. they shouldn't be. But now uh, sentiments has changed, have changed. So I feel uh, after looking at those terrible images from uh, people shooting, yeah. mass shooting, dancing youngsters on a festival, this kind of terror is there's no reason good enough to do something like that. So I think uh, from now on, uh, Israel has a lot more support uh, here in Europe, also. And of course, in Belgium, where I live, there's a very big um, Jewish community, mm-hmm. Antwerp. Uh, I'm not sure if you know it, but uh, it's it's one of the biggest, I think, in, in Europe, live in Antwerp. Germany also has them yeah. everywhere.
2: Mm-hmm. They're also being supplied by somebody because they don't manufacture any of that themselves. Obviously, there's always been huge conflict between uh, Iran and uh, in, in Israel. So that mm-hmm. this is this is something that could, uh, could spend out of control uh let's hope it doesn't i mean we already have enough with uh ukraine you know trying to trying to drive its own sovereignty for god's sakes against russia the last thing the world needs is uh, is another
3: is another war shout out all right well i'll take a little more time to uh focus on a shout out to our israeli uh brethren brethren in the industry although it's not technically europe they do business in Europe. They do business in the U.S. And these are people that, frankly, we count um, as personal friends. So a lot of companies uh, do business out of Israel. Hi, Bob, we talk about a lot. We'll see them at conferences coming up. Tatio, Chad, I know you mentioned you're close with them. ZipRecruiter has uh, a strong AI um, office over in, in Israel. Spets, who was acquired by Paradox. Uh, Wilco, who we'd, we've uh, interviewed for, uh, for Firing Squad, uh, Veritone's got executives over there We're close to them A company called Perfect And Team Me So there are a lot of businesses And organizations And frankly just people That we touch uh, That I wanted to, to focus a light on uh, I hope stay safe um, I hope you're well Your families are well um, And hopefully we'll we'll see you soon And, and things will calm down and, and we will find peace We'll see But shout out to them
1: Can only hope Levin? My shout out goes to the European AI Act because as you probably know, Ooh. the European Parliament came up with a proposal for the first global version of a comprehensive law on the use of AI. And they're negotiating details with the bunch of countries Europe has. And with a bit of luck, they'll reach an agreement by the end of this year. And they defined three different risk levels on the use of AI, usage of AI. It's like um, the unacceptable risk, the high risk, and the limited risk. Mm. And I'm very happy to tell you that so far the use of AI in employment and worker management is only considered a high, but not a totally unacceptable risk. So we're still in the game.
2: <laughs> we're still in the game. Still in the game, everybody. It's I'm not psychological, uh, psychological warfare, which is, uh, you know, obviously much above uh, higher, the unacceptable risk. Um, what is incredibly psychological in a, in a very good way is, uh, the 2030 football World Cup I has been it. announced. That's right kids, get ready. It's going to be in Portugal, Spain and Morocco who will be hosting. And I and I have from from uh, news reports out of Portugal that uh, the Benfica, Sporting and Porto FC stadiums are going to be used for the World Cup. So 2030 baby,
3: can't wait. Coming to my hometown. <laughs> That's right. What? what <laughs> who wants to sponsor Chad and Cheese World Cup adventure uh, from Portugal? We're we're taking bids now, everybody. We're taking taking bids. A little early, but it's okay. You can you can still go ahead and lock it in. Uh, do we want to talk about travel? Yeah, we've got uh, TA
2: Tech happening in early December. That's in London. I'm going to be uh, emceeing the stage with uh, Kirsty Kelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the TA Tech Europe. Events, which I believe is like two and a half days long. So, uh, check it out. Go to tatech.org. You can register there. You can go to chadcheese.com slash events. Not to mention, uh, yes, it's next year, but still pretty excited to go to Amsterdam to see, yes, uh, sir. to see Levin in crew. Enrica, hell, we haven't seen her in, in forever. So, uh, all right, love how E recruitment converse, baby.
1: Yeah. March 19th, next year. Ooh, Counting today's. days.
2: Put it on your calendars. Go to com slash events and register, register,
3: register. See you there.
2: Topics.
3: All right, guys. So last time we uh, recorded, uh, Job Index, a job site based out of Denmark, was suing Google for copyright infringement for taking their content and publishing it to Google for jobs. Uh, the CEO has been corresponding with Chad, on some of the details so let's dig into what chad found out if anything so first and foremost uh, i'd definitely
2: like to thank uh car is that how you say his first name is it car core or car k-a-a-r-e car danielson mr oh. danielson how oh. about that Car Danielson, yes. Founder and CEO of Job Index for the correspondence of the past couple of weeks. Uh, he provided us with a document that laid out his talking points around the lawsuit with Google and its Google for Jobs product. Carr states, quote, Job Index has asked not to be a part of Google for Jobs and we do not give any of our content to Google. Nevertheless, Google still copies a lot of the job adverts from Job Index through some of their partners, end quote. So now as you dig deeper, you find out, in fact, Google is not scraping Job Index's jobs, rather other job boards like Job Grab from Singapore and JobDenmark.dk from Albania are scraping those jobs and having job seekers directly apply to their sites instead of job index. So this isn't Google uh, scraping job index uh, as they would have you believe. In effect, job index is suing the wrong company and or company. So Job Grab and Job Denmark are stealing the job index content and passing it to Google to drive more traffic to themselves. Um, this is a this is an old trick, by the way, kids. This has been happening for 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 a very long time. Uh, job Index is really in a bind from the standpoint is that they can't shut off the scrapers from Google. Why? Because Google owns over ninety three percent of the the job search market in Denmark. If they did that, they'd be committing traffic suicide at that point. And then, Carr provided the document that tells the real tale. I think, and and he writes quote. For job index, this means increased advertising costs since the organic traffic from Google has dropped 20%, end quote. So he's specifically citing that they're paying for Google search engine marketing on one hand, and they're denying free traffic from Google for jobs on the other hand. So do you want traffic from Google or not? Remember, I started out the statement from Carr with a quote, job index has not, has asked not to be a part of Google for Jobs. And we do not give any of our content to Google, end quote. Now, Google for Jobs is a product of Google, but you still are providing access for Google to index your your jobs. You need and you want that. And you're actually talking about having to pay more to Google, for search engine marketing, right? So do you want the traffic or not? I mean, that's, as you take a look at it, it, it is so contradictory. And, and I reached out to a couple of people who are in the search market and this is all I heard. It's a PR stunt. They want to be able to go after a big name and they want to, they want to escalate their brand in the EU. And, you know, going after Google right now is, is kind of, you know, a trend in, in the EU. So why not? Even you have a bit of a counterpoint
3: on this.
1: At this time, I I don't really totally agree. I looked into what Carl was writing, and he said, writing a job advert takes on average five to seven hours. Thus, this is a piece of high-quality writing that has required a lot of work and should be subject to copyright. First, if you spend five to seven hours on writing a job advertisement, you should be (laughs) or fired or uh, nominated for a Nobel Prize on literature. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, anyways this is irrelevant if JobIndex doesn't want to get listed in google for jobs that's their decision whatever the reason they don't want to get listed and if google is listing job Index's vacancies without their consent then job index definitely has a case and they're right they there is ip intellectual property on vacancies also why not they have handwritten them so to speak so there's an ip on it and if they take the copy from and with that, I mean, Google, if Google takes the copy from obscure scraping sites without checking if there is an IP infringement, that's Google's problem. That's not Job Index's problem. Job Index shouldn't be proving that their vacancies were or shouldn't be complaining that their vacancies are taken by Google. Google just shouldn't take them. And by the way, scraping is more or less legal. Call it a gray zone. But scraping off commercial databases and and spreading the content is a very, very black zone in Europe. And this is actually what Google is doing right now. They are scraping commercial databases and use it for their own commercial profit. And this is definitely a black zone. And there, Google is wrong. Even though they claim we don't scrape directly, we do it through an intermediate um, solution. They should be checking if they are not spreading Content which should be IP protected, and they don't, so they're wrong. And I think they have a case, and I think Job Index could make lots of money out of this. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Okay, so let's
3: let's dig into the psyche of this guy a little bit. I don't know him, but from what he, the interview that I, I heard with him, he's very adamant about. We've been doing this for 27 years. Uh, we, we we were doing this before Google. Uh, the only competitors in Denmark are us, LinkedIn, and the government site. So it sounds to me like for twenty some years, this dude has had green pasture to probably charge as much as he wants for his job postings. He hasn't had to deal with uh, outside interference. He's not a big market where you know Monster and Indeed are probably a big deal. And along comes Google who, by the way, I'm sure he was enjoying some free traffic and continues to enjoy free traffic from Google. Yeah. Uh, and, and then they launched this jobs thing. And then he starts seeing a bite come out of his traffic, which he admitted on the interview. Uh, he, he says, I don't care about Google. But then he goes on to say, I've had a 20% drop in traffic. Since Google for jobs, so i having is to it? pay more for either, it. Either either you don't care or you do care. I'm guessing he cares. And this twenty percent means oh, yeah. he has to lay off people. He can't charge as much. Um, and in fact, if you look at some of their LinkedIn data, their company data, um, they've slashed sales uh, headcount, um, some design workers and HR to the to the tune of about five percent. And I'm sure that he's saying that that could be a lot bigger if this trend continues.
1: Now, he might even have to sell us his start boats. If, <laughs> bus- if he has been in this business for 27 years, he's he's been making a lot of money.
3: Let's like let's agree he's not a 20-something startup guy. He's probably if he's been doing this for 27 years, he's probably looking to get out. He's probably got some lawyer friends that he had lunch with and said, Hey, this whole Google thing, they're pissing me off. Uh, and they said, Look, uh, Europe hates Google. Google wants to just this stuff to go away. I think we can get him to write a check for whatever, uh, just to make us go away. So the guy says, "Sweet, I got some friends down at the the Dutch, uh, the Danish media group. Why don't I get them involved? So there's like a big name, and then we really scare the shit out of Google, and we all make a nice little sum of money." Look, he can shut off Google. You look at his robots text. Okay, there's nothing there. There's no strategy around. Uh, do not do not index our site, Google, which is super easy to do. And and he's he's saying that these these sites, these foreign sites, Singapore and Albania. Yeah. Yeah. Taking his shit, uh, making it their own. And then they're lo- they're loading that shit up into Google for jobs. But there's no there's clearly no strategy around how do I block these countries and or these sites from scraping our site? Yeah. Look, there are clear ways techn- technologically to take sites that are taking your stuff and restrict them, redirect them somewhere else, make it difficult. And, and granted, look, these sites are scraping everybody. Like if, if job index turned off tomorrow, I'm sure they could give a shit. Like what is it? A couple thousand jobs. Maybe I don't know. Um, but they probably wouldn't even notice, but there's no effort to like restrict these companies and these sites and countries from visiting, their site so he could clearly from a technology standpoint and by the way they have like 538 employees according to LinkedIn they must have some tech people in that company that know how to do this shit this is not a two-person mom and pop they're at their residence running this site this is a real business and they have people that should be able to restrict this this these spiders from getting their stuff if they want to cut off Google they can they obviously don't uh, they just want a, They want a payday. They want some PR. This guy probably wants to retire. He probably wants a big check from Google, and then he can maybe sell the company to somebody, and he can go retire and and live the good life, and have his employees five hundred some strong still be employed, still be you know uh, relevant and be able to set off into the sunset we'll see the danger is google will have to write a lot of checks because these little job boards will come out of the woodwork and everywhere nook and cranny in europe and want money so there's a really good there is a good chance that google says nope we're gonna fight this shit uh because we don't want to pay every you know tom dick and harry job site mm-hmm. uh 10 million dollars to go away
1: because it's the only source of income those little job sites still have but uh, it's, it's like suing google but and I agree totally with Joel, and with Chad, but from a legal point of view, it's irrelevant. I mean, you say they could block Google, or they could block those uh, Robot txt. they could, could use it to, to block those scrapers. It's like saying, if you don't lock your house, it's your own fault when people break in. And that's true. Maybe it's true. But still, it doesn't justify breaking in. And if he doesn't want to be listed in Google, that's it's right.
2: But he does want to be listed in Google. I, this is so contradictory. That's to, it's total bullshit, Levin. He's it, bitching and moaning because he lost 20% of traffic. And now that he has to yeah. pay more to get more traffic from Google. Mm-hmm. That's bullshit, contradictory stuff, okay? You take a look at everything that's in that document. And at the end of the day, as Joel said, they've been around for 27 years. He keeps harping on that. Well, then you should know better. You should have tech people yep. who can block IP. You should go into Cloudfire, toggle it on, right? There are so many things that he can do. Not to mention he's suing the wrong people. So it's but like if tries. you're going to if you're going to create this narrative then you've got to do it right. And these guys, they're all over the place. They're contradicting themselves. I don't care about Google, but wait a minute, I lost 20% traffic. Oh, now we've got to pay Google more. Oh, I don't want... It's like, dude, just make up your fucking mind. Do you want Google
3: traffic or not? He is suing the right person, Chad. When John Dillinger was asked, why do you rob banks? He said, that's where the money (laughs) is. That's where the money (laughs) is. The money is in in Google. Uh,
1: He also tried to at least talk to the people from jobdenmark.dk which sounds very legit but it's basically the job site which is owned by a Mr. Intel in Tirana in Albania Mm -hmm. so those people don't react, react, and there's another site which happens to be block in Africa, IPs. but they didn't, they didn't specify where in Africa, so it could be anything. Block IPs. It's
2: you know when yeah. there's a load on your servers, okay? The, yeah. it, I was in the yeah. indexing game for a very long time, guys. Okay, we've been blocked. I mean, when I was with Direct Employers, we first started this. We got, you know, we had the whole Flip Dog thing that was going on, that was bad. You can block IPs. You can do all of these. This should be normal for what they're doing. Normal operating procedures, but yet, no. You know what the normal operating procedure is? Let's go try to get money out of that big hill of cash called Google.
1: So what you say, it's like... Some photographers, which aren't very good photographers, they just take tons of photos, they dump them on the internet, and they hope someone's going to copy-paste them, use them somewhere, and then they use software to track who's been using my photo, and then they send them you a bill. What's <laughs> happening is
3: these sites out of Africa, <laughs> Albania, wherever, are stealing these jobs. They're posting them on, on Google as their own, and then yeah. traffic's going to them, and then they're making money on... Traffic, yeah. ads, banner He's ads. He's mad because
2: those job sites are getting the traffic off of his yeah. his, his his IP, private. which yep. I totally get. Okay. But that is, why isn't he going after those job sites? Just because he can't find them? Okay, then go ahead and block the IPs.
1: Yeah, but if Google wasn't providing Google for Jobs, those job sites wouldn't be there in the first place. So Google for Jobs is the reason
2: I think you're stretching that. <laughs> we've had we've had this problem well before Google for Jobs leaving. Well before Google for Jobs.
1: But Mr. What is his name didn't have this problem. Back well in 2008,
2: right, when, when we were yeah. like in the thick of this with indexing and whatnot with direct employers, this was the same problem. There were these things popping up all over the place. This is not a new problem.
1: Okay. And I, I agree from a normal point of view, you're totally right. But from a legal point of view, I think he might get a case because of the... Spreading of a protected database for commercial reasons, and they are using it, and they shouldn't. When House of HR has a, an app, it's called Swap. You you swipe through jobs, Swap, mm-hmm. and we also scrape jobs, and we had a very big uh, lawyer agency looking into this because it's, as I said, it's a gray zone using other people's content to get traffic and to find candidates, And, and they said, "You'll get away with this, no problem." As long as you don't touch commercial job boards, as long as you don't touch commercial databases, then there won't be a problem. But the moment you start using job vacancies from commercial databases, you'll be sued. And I think this is what's happening here.
3: I think this is where Europe and US kind of diverge in that. Maybe. Like we have pretty strict rules around, you know, FTC, FCC, whatever, that if, you, if you're a search engine, you can only show so many, you know, characters unless or else it's stealing and you have to link back and sh- like mm-hmm. there's certain laws in this country that are probably more stringent in europe uh because if, if your lawyers are telling you don't touch commercial property just touch the government stuff or the association nonprofit, yeah. then there's a, probably a reason why whereas america uh I don't think that's an issue. And again, they've been in the game for 27 years. They know how to stop this. They don't want to stop this. I'm not sure they want to stop it. I think they want that that check, baby. They want that check from Google. Probably. I
1: don't know. <laughs> and and I, I don't think they want the check from Google, but I think Jobless is right, and he's, going, he's, going to, he's looking for an exit. He wants to sell his company, and now there's the big threat of Google for Jobs, and the value of his company suddenly dropped because of Google for Jobs. So now he wants to yeah. have a, a yeah. case, and Google, you shouldn't be touching me, so my company gets its old value back, something like that.
3: Think about if he's in talks to sell the company and whoever the buyer might be is saying, you know what, this whole Google thing scares us. Your your traffic's down 20%. Like, we're going to just hold hold tight. You don't think he's pissed as shit. Uh, he had that deal maybe on the table and then Google comes in. It's, it's right. personal Joel, now. He made Joel's personal. coming up with fantasies yeah. right now. Joel's coming personal. up with fantasies <laughs> that there's this fantasy
2: deal on the table. Okay, let's
3: just talk. He wants boats and hose, baby. That's what he's looking for. That's what he we wants. Know, what he we wants.
2: know for a fact. We don't know that there was a deal on the table. Joel has a fantasy deal. We know said, for can a, a fact. Which is what I'm saying. It was a fantasy. So we do know specifically <laughs> his traffic dropped 20%. And he's yep. mad that he has to pay to be able to get that traffic back. And yet he says he doesn't want to play with Google for jobs, right? So much Mm -hmm. contradictory bullshit
3: that's happening here. I don't understand what the guy wants. He may not know what he wants at this point, except. Cash. That that Google money, baby. And speaking of money, let's take a break. Hear from a sponsor or two, I don't know. And we'll talk about who we'd rather. How much do you understand the future of finance? Finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcast, and now available on YouTube. All right, guys. Before we get to who'd you rather, we'll end we'll end on a climactic note, if you will. Uh, let's talk about cover letters. Let's talk about cover letters. Because we never exciting. talk about that. Dubliner James Malley recently shared his thoughts on AI's role in creating cover letters. That piqued our interest, referring to them as the marmite of the application (laughs) process, meaning some like them and some do not. Maley said, quote, AI isn't yet able to extract the why piece of an applicant as the data crumbs you have left in the past can't articulate why you envisage human skill. That is this role and why it's perfect for you. End quote. Chad, thoughts on AI in the role of cover letter creation, and more importantly, are you thumbs up or down on Marmite? So why are cover letters still a thing?
2: I mean, I, I just don't understand that. I mean, these are truly a, a vestige of a bygone era. Back in the day when you handed somebody your resume and you had a cover letter, because at that point we hadn't scaled and people weren't getting a lot of resumes. So you could actually take time To look at the resume and then you could look at the cover letter. Mm -hmm. We don't have that anymore. This makes no sense to me at all. I mean, it's, it's, it's like horse drawn carriages and Marmite, which I think is fucking horrible. By the way, the only
3: thing worse is Vegemite. I want to listen to minute work right about now. (laughs) The Australian band, not, not European. Yeah. Look, Chad touched on the history. I'm going to go a little deeper in that. Look, we're both old enough to remember the days where you went to the you went to get the Sunday paper, you looked at ads, mm-hmm. uh, they had an address, phone number, whatever, and then you would in a big envelope, we you go to Kinko's, you'd get your resume printed up on really nice like <laughs> nice gray paper or oh, yeah. vanilla paper manila yeah. oh. paper, and then you would literally write a custom cover letter mm-hmm. for that job. Yes. There was no like copy and paste, you had a word processor, some people had a computer you actually go to kinko's where they had a computer you'd write up your cover letter they'd print it out for you then you mail the thing if you were smart you sent it via like fedex or ups when you knew they got it and you wanted to make a splash and then you you were alerted that they had it then you called and said hey did you get my shit uh when can i come in for an interview and then like the whole process of calling ghosting all that stuff happened the internet made it feasible to blast your resume to hundreds, if not thousands, of, of companies, if you wanted mm-hmm. to, which made cover letters obsolete. And frankly, most recruiters that I know don't look at cover letters; they're looking at skills. I guess if it's a writing job, you want to look at some of that stuff. And now we have Chat GPT, which can write it for you. Uh, they're already writing letters for recruiters. Whether it's thanks for playing, uh, but we're, we went somewhere else, or like this is going to be mainstream why in the world is anybody writing a cover letter? By the way, there are new tools that we're going to be talking about on the show uh, that people can blast their resume, like go through the pre-screening process, right? Like we we set up these pre-screening tools to stop this mass application we like oh let's put some gatekeepers up well guess what the new ai is going to be able to like go through the pre-screening answer questions like it's going to be you're going to see applications happen like you've never seen before already
2: does yeah
3: ghosting is going to go through the roof no one's going to give a shit about cover letters it's going to be like oh my god how many applicants did we just get how do we control this how do we stop this and if you just say hey it, it requires a cover letter who cares? It's going to be a chat GPT. Everyone's going to do chat GPT. They're going to get, a, get around any whack-a-moles that you want to say who's chat GPT and who isn't. Like There are bigger problems than is your resume written or your cover letter written by a robot or an actual person. There are going to be much bigger problems with automation and how people are going to be applying to jobs in the future than the cover letter. And I've never had Marmite, so I can't comment on that. <laughs> it stinks. It really stinks. You're lucky. You think it'd be good because it's the yeast it looks from, like chocolate. from beer. It looks oh, like yeah, a candy. No, no. no. no? It's- Leaving cover letters. Do you guys still get them
1: at uh, House of HR? Yeah. Require them? What's up? First about Marmite. <laughs> I, t- <laughs> I tried it during COVID because uh, suddenly it was all over the news that um, the British were very anxious about Marmite not being in the stores anymore because of the, during COVID there was a, a, a problem with, um, uh, the how do you say it when, uh, delivery delivery problem yep. so stores were out of Marmite and this was a big thing and I never heard about Marmite so then I, I went to my local store and I found Marmite and I tried it and I was really happy about it this must be really good and I opened it and it smelled it stank and I tried it and it tastes not, maybe not disgusting but just not good so I think uh, to get back to the point uh, I think cover letters are going the same way for me as Marmite the last one I remember was one, and actually, this is true, which was perfumed. I loved it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm happy.
2: No
1: way. Yeah, uh, uh. What was the job? Yeah, uh, just uh, someone working on my team in a, in a creative <laughs> job. And they um, made it as a love letter, and I loved it, and it was perfumed. Yeah, it was creative. Was her name Candy? That's the question. Yeah. <laughs> it should have been Candy. Damn. It probably wasn't. Well played, so I, I would so, have remembered. <laughs> And I also remember a cover letter which was uh, inserted in a balloon with helium. So, you know, a flying balloon. Ooh. And they, um, they hang it to my office. Uh, the opening... The door? Not sure what the word is in English. Uh, yeah, the door. The knob. The door, yeah, the door, knob, door knob. The no- door knob, that's the one. And there was a balloon hanging at my door knob And someone put a, a, an, a letter inside. And I had to cut the balloon and read the letter. Wow. But those were the two only uh, letters I remember. And uh, I don't think I've seen many since... But I used to like motivation mails because it gave me a very quick idea about the intelligence of people. Mm-hmm. Being able to write a short mail with the essence was a way to say, are people able to, to tell me a story which is convincing in a short amount of time, which is an asset? But now, as you say, with ChatGPT, I'm, I'm definitely not going to read whatever has been written by ChatGPT. It's just, it's no use. So now this is gone. Once again a nice memory from back in the days. <laughs> I love I love the delivery.
3: Like there is something to be said for zigging oh, yes. when everyone else is zagging. So mm-hmm. if there are job seekers out there like yeah, it's not the cover letter, it's the presentation, the delivery, like Definitely. the creativity is what's going to get and you noticed.
1: The most the most creative one I think was uh, and probably is this this is a classic, but this is the only case I know. Someone bought my name as a Google AdWords thinking uh, all those uh, agency workers those uh, managers at agencies are big egos and they google their own names which of course i did mm-hmm. and uh, i saw um even when you know, i want to work for you and i clicked on the on the ads and some that was someone's application and this was so cool for a digital agency and the guy was hired so that one was a nice one too it works but of course it works only if you are applying for a very creative job if you're looking for uh, let's say if uh, you're applying for an accountant job we don't want our accountants to be too creative so <laughs> i don't think you would be hired then but uh for those agency jobs i like it
3: perfumed resume
1: yeah
3: better than marmite my friend <laughs> better than jesus, marmite jesus yeah. jesus oh. jesus well on that note Let's play a game of who'd you rather, everybody. Here's how we play it. We read two companies that recently got money, and we choose who we'd rather in our assessment. Starting off with Zurich-based Career fairy a live streaming platform connecting students with employers, think uh, virtual job fairs and stuff like that, has secured an undisclosed yet significant investment from dublin-based media house marketplaces the funding will support career ferry's global expansion focused on other dock and benelux regions touting a workforce across multiple european locations and 200 paying clients career ferry believes their future is nothing but up and to the right founded in 2019 the company employs 25 people And in this corner, Mintigo, London's Mintigo has raised $4.75 million in funding. Founded in 2019, the company provides a financial well-being platform designed to help employees tackle their most pressing financial needs, such as managing pension contributions. The company intends to use the funds to further enhance its platform and accelerate its growth across the United Kingdom. They currently employ 42 people. That is... The face off, Chad, Mintigo or Career Fairy? Who'd you rather? Yeah. So, Mintigo, to, to me, it, it
2: seems like it's definitely a problem, but I don't think it's a big enough problem where Career Ferry uh, can be seen as a necessity because identifying candidates earlier is key for most organizations today and building their talent pipelines. To, to, so, to me, this starts to, to solve a talent pipeline problem, the employer understands and they will pay for. It. So I am all in for career fairy over Mintigo.
3: What are you doing, step bro? Well, I hate the name career fairy, first of all. It's a horrible name. It's two words you can spell. It's a little bit memorable, like your cologne or your perfumed uh, resume. <laughs> <laughs> but I generally hate student... Connecting students with employers, companies, they come and go, handshake, like it's just a shitty business. You got to stay cool and relevant to the kids, which is not easy. There's always a new company that (laughs) that wants to come into the career services. You know, we've got a cooler TikTok account or we've like whatever it is. Students are fickle. Targeting them is just a bad historical uh, or bad business historically. However... Let's look at the financial health of employees around the world. According to Benefits Pro, financial stress costs U.S. companies $4.7 billion per week. Imagine that on a global level and particularly in Europe. There's a low percentage of savers. Only 20% say they have basic financial literacy. Most people don't have $1,000 in the bank for an emergency. My kids aren't taught finances in school, and it's a big problem. If they're not going to learn it in school, they might as well learn it as an employee. By the way, it's most of these kids that are going to Career Ferry, they're going to have this crazy debt on their head for going to college that will need men to go to help with their financial stress. Not not in the UK, but in the US.
2: Carry on. I think you forget yeah, what show yeah. you're on.
3: Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I know how <laughs> much how much... Apartments are in in paris anyway uh for me this is pretty obvious i hate businesses targeting students this one is
0: just the tip
3: meant to go all the way leaving
1: do i really have to choose one
3: is it neither or you like both of them
1: Nah, it's neither. <laughs> no, no, but, um, I think about Montego can be very short. I mean, the easiest way to save money is not to spend it on Montego. So, uh, that's done. And then we have, um, Career Ferry. I like the name, but, uh, probably for different reasons. But, um, I feel it was launched in 2019. Live streaming was the perfect activity during COVID and they probably gained some ground. But now we're past COVID and um, they're still hanging on to the live streaming. But because of COVID, so many companies as ours, they had their own streaming studios installed. So they don't need companies like that anymore. Three years ago, four years ago, 2019, if I would have like the professional streaming, I would have used a company like that one. But now we have our own streaming studio, so we don't need them. And getting in touch with students isn't that hard. We do campus recruitment; we need it, but we don't need a platform like that. The only reason why I might prefer CareerFairy over ago is because Media House—they're um, Dublin-based—but in fact, the, the holding above Media House is a, a Belgium company, which I happen to know very well, and they are a newspaper publisher. And they have very good newspapers in Belgium and the Netherlands and some other countries. So they might use that as a leverage to launch Career Ferry on a, a bigger scale. So it could work. Otherwise, I would never invest my own money in it. I wouldn't even invest House of HR's money in it. Leave
3: and breaks the tie. The win goes to Career Ferry. Chad and I are coming to Europe. If you're listening to this, you might be at Unleash in Paris right about now. Make sure you stop by and say hi. We'll be in the text colonel booth. Until then, we we
1: out. out. We out.
0: Wow. Look at you. You made it through an entire episode of the Chat and Chase podcast. Or maybe you cheated and fast-forwarded to the end. Either way, there's no doubt you wish you had that time back. Valuable time you could have used to buy a nutritious meal at Taco Bell enjoy a pour of your favorite whiskey, or just watch big booty Latinas and bugfights on TikTok. No, you hung out with these 2 chuggleheads instead. Now go take a shower and wash off all the guilt, but save some soap, because you'll be back. Like an awful train wreck, you can't look away. And like Chad's favorite western, you can't quit them either.